We might be up and running today. We have no idea. We we <laughs> forgot how to do this. Is <laughs> a true story. We've been sitting here for like five minutes trying to, well, ten minutes probably or more to try to figure this out. So I'm sorry, freshman yeah. parents, for anyone who's this is like your first experience with Shattern High School uh, podcasting. That we apologize. This will not be our sharpest run. <laughs> right. This is our practice run to start the new year. We are we are officially into the new year, 2021, 22. It sounds to me it's still kind of weird to start with the 20s in there to say we're in the 20s, but to say 2022. It's like, yeah, it's hard for me to wrap my head around sometimes, but 2022 is like four months away. That's even crazier. Yeah. That's, yeah. We're all still reeling from 2020. Uh, yeah. <laughs> still which, emotionally recovering. That's here. I think what we're going to talk about a little bit today is, I know. is w- what we learned in well, that uh, crazy honest, we year. We really don't know what we're going to talk about, <laughs> but hopefully there's something decent yeah. in here if you're a new parent. So what we'll try to do is, uh, you know, we... It, we tried this at a weekly basis. Sometimes it was kind of almost too much, and we've we just kind of intermittent um, uh, when we feel like we have something to talk about. But we do try to um, upload this onto uh, it's both Facebook Live as we speak. It's it's out there live. At the same time, we release it and usually host the video on uh, Shattered High School YouTube. If you haven't found our YouTube channel, uh, check it out. And then hopefully the podcast still works, which is what we're going to find out here in a couple of hours too. That we can get it up on podcast. I think I'll. Um, we were picking up some regular interest in that when we would host it, just the audio version, which, yeah. So we'll give it a, we'll, we'll give it a go. We're back for another year. We're back. And just, just to clarify, and, and we might have different intentions for this podcast, but I think we're pretty similar in this. Um, and just so parents that you know, our goal of podcasting on the Cardinal cast usually isn't to be, um, it's not an, it's not a newscast. It's right. not, it's <laughs> not a what's happening at Shattered High School Good in call. the moment. It, it's not going to hit, um, I mean, it's not going to tell you what sporting events are here for the week or, I mean, right. heaven knows that I have zero idea on, on what's going on. There's just too much. Um, so what we try to do with the Cardinal cast is, we might hit on something. I mean, obviously, I will hit on my own events mm-hmm. um, as a priority. But this is uh, this is a uh, an area where we can connect with parents and we can connect with students and talk about um, I don't know bigger overarching arching goals we have for students or concerns or ways that parents can be more engaged in the learning process at the high school Mm -hmm. Um, tips or tricks any of those kind of things I'm not being very articulate because I can't remember how to talk to a microphone right now (laughs) I'm a little nervous again but am I saying that correctly it just reminds me that you know we struggle with communication there's just there's all these different platforms how to communicate in the old days, you just mailed a letter occasionally, and that's how I started. And then it became social media and all these other radio shows that we do um, once a week downtown and different things. But when you're talking about that, Lonnie, it just reminds me that as a parent, you have to choose what you're here for. Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, a lot of times I think from the young parents, it's about sports. Um, that, that high school, Shattering High School is about sports and and. Because that's what—that's the public thing. I think that's on on display out there weekly. Um, so therefore, that's where some people view us. Um, for some, it's the other activities. Their their child doesn't participate in sports, but it's the fine arts. It's those things, and so they they want to tune in for that. Um, but what you and I know is when a parent has their kid, you know, starting their senior year, it's college. You know, there's still sports, and sports still exist, and they're very supportive of that. 
but the, the information that they want communicated is college. And, and when we um, host the open house, you had people just stopping, asking you about what do we need to do this year? Our kid's a senior this year. It's their first child as a senior. And, and so that's the topic. And so anyways, it just reminds me that, you know, in a high school, we're so much more than any one of those things, you know, not to mention just the academics in the classrooms, which is where we spend by far the, the majority of our time. Um, so when we do these communications, I agree with you, we're not going to hit every parent's interest each time because there's such a, a broad array. So I think for the Cardinal cast, uh, it is really hard for us to keep up with sports. I think we have three different ones going on just today as we speak. Um, and so it just, you can't, you rely on a lot of other um, forms of communication to help keep up with the activities calendar itself, which is very difficult. So we get to come in with some miscellaneous topics of, of interest that we see. Just Sometimes it's just the, the season or something that we sense in the building or something coming up that we want to talk about. So um, this is just an informal conversation that a school principal and a school counselor get to have with, with the public. If you're, if you're interested, give it a listen. If not, you're not going to hurt our feelings. Absolutely. So, so we didn't really know what we wanted to talk about today. So I've been bouncing around this idea of, I, I feel like I learn something new every school year. Yep. And this school year has just started and already I've learned a few new things. But um, what, what's kind of fun about our job is um, we get to see a new batch of kids through, ever, come in and then go out every single year. And it really somewhat is like parenting a group of high school kids every year. And, and so some of the things get repetitive and it blows my mind after doing this this many years that I learn something each year yeah. <laughs> that is completely different. Like, oh, if I would have known that eight years ago, I would have been a little bit better at my yeah. job. Or mm -hmm. if I could have shared that with parents, you know. Right. So I, I, we didn't really have a topic to start the year off. Um, so I thought I would just throw that out there today on some things that we learned things last year. Things we learned year. last year. Wait, you, get, you got a kickoff? You got, got one on the top of your mind? Uh, okay. I, have a, I have a short list. I have a short list too, but I was just thinking and I didn't tell you this one. All right. So things okay. I learned last year. Not everyone learns great in the digital spectrum. Some kids learn very well. Um, myself, I have a little bit of a hard time staying engaged. So here's what I learned last year. And last year we didn't go digital. We're, I'm still reeling from 2020, as you could tell. <laughs> right. We were in person all, all year. But what I didn't do in my job last year is I didn't host a whole lot of parent events or student mm -hmm. events outside of school. I did a few of them, but we had the spacing rules and masking. And so it was just harder, right? Yeah. So it was easier to do everything digital. Yeah. And I learned that... There is so much more to those events than just what I have to give out in information. Right. So, so just we got good. Like face to face yeah, and yeah, those yeah. conversations. I feel like we're pretty good in the digital spectrum. Mm -hmm. We got good at the podcast. We got I, good at, oh man, I can make a flyer on Canva like nobody's <laughs> job or shoot out a newsletter, a right. five bullet Friday newsletter. Yeah. But um, we missed that the conversation that happens mm -hmm. within those and like the community and people meeting each other was so much more valuable mm -hmm. than the information I had to, to pump out. Such a strange year. Cause you know, we were trying not to host in person and that's kind of what started that. And you're right. I mean, you just lose out on all those conversations or the lack of, I don't know. It just became when communication is just kind of pushed one way like that. It's just, it's just difficult to know 
um, what the feel is of interest even from parents. It was it was a really challenging year that way. So and it's easy to disengage then too. Yeah. Like I noticed when I get overwhelmed and it's all coming at me digitally, I can just close my computer, shut off my right. phone. I could just disengage. Right. Would you say that you use more digital now than you did before, or did the the 2020, 21 school years kind of teach you that it's like, it's like I'm burning out a little bit. And I got to back off. Hard that. burn, hard yeah, burn agree. out for Thank me. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> so, <laughs> super hard. so, but can I, can yep. I like plug something? Absolutely. Within that? Okay. So I'm going to host and, and I oh, have to say mm. kudos to the elementary school. Um, I, I went to a fast program for my daughter who's mm. now a kindergartner last year. And, I'm going to mimic a little bit of their programming and I'm going to host a four part series on transition to college. You talked mm-hmm. about a lot of, um, if you're, if you're a parent of a junior or senior, you might be thinking right now of the next step after high right. school and what I need to do. Should I be doing more? What should I be doing? So I'm going to kind of mimic off what the elementary school helped me get my kid, kid already for kindergarten is we're going to do a four part part series. Here's the best part. If, if you come with your child to all four parts, I'm going to have, I, I got some grant money. I'm going to have a laundry basket because college students need I, laundry baskets. That's the number one gift. Full of Senior gift. Put, put the gift in a laundry basket. I was thinking like a Keurig in there. Oh, there or you go. gift cards. Go. Like what else would you need? I haven't gone shopping A little yet. tool set. A tool, I just to put it. furniture together and things you buy for your dorm room. So I sent that email out to all senior parents. Mm-hmm. It's going on the Facebook page today if you are a parent or a student junior senior level um so anyway that's my learning from last year i'm like i'm gonna host those Mm -hmm. and by hosting you're talking in person so you can have those conversations and i'm gonna feed you too i'm glad you said that like the digital thing might have burned you out a little bit that's how i felt i same thing uh, that you started this topic with was some students thrived in the digital world and the online learning and those things, and some was, was really a struggle because it just wasn't engagement for them. And so um, they weren't even, you know, being a part uh, or being there with us when we tried to do online learning. That was the worst learning that ever came out of Shattern High School was nine weeks of mm-hmm. remote learning. It was terrible. Um, but the constantly having to push and communicate everything had to be digital because we were asked not to be face to face with so many different events um that it just it burned me out it just became that you spent more time trying to figure out the digital landscapes and those kind of things than i just felt like i'm checking my phone more and all those things and trying you know it it was just a nightmare i it kind of burned me out which i think is healthy for me to recognize that and go for me i, I less is more Mm-hmm. back off a little bit absolutely um so the first one i'm going to bring up for things i learned last year is um the the power of team uh, and so f- for me i'll just kind of recant that horrible year um when we started out with um covid cases and it just so the worst part of the last school year as far as covid cases and those things was the start of the year which spilled into about halfway through september and then it, everything kind of just slowed down, and we did pretty good after that. But we started the school year, if you recall, without anyone in the office. Um, the principal was out, which was myself. Both of our secretaries were out, and our, our AD was out. We were all out because we either tested positive, and so we were on isolation, or quarantined, meaning you're out for 14 days there as well. So we started the school year after day one. There was no one in the office for, for 10 days. 
And we did fine. We started a school year during a pandemic without a principal, without an AD, without the secretaries. And you know what? We survived. It was just what I learned was the power of team and how people, you know, we had teachers out too. Off the top of my head, I think we had two teachers out at that same time. And we did fine. We covered for each other. The team steps up and you know, you hope that, um, but, you know, I learned, uh, apparently I'm not that important. <laughs> I smile because it was actually so much fun. I'll bet, like, yeah. It was it, not just because mm-hmm. my boss was not in the office. That's not the only reason it wasn't <laughs> fun. It just, it was fun getting a few of us just, like, we all paired together and covered the office yeah. most of the day. And it was, it was actually really fun. I got to learn a lot about yeah. what everyone does in different roles. So. And I didn't miss a single meeting. You know, it's mm-hmm. majority of my job feels like it's meetings at sometimes. And so, you know, that's one thing about the digital, just to kind of back up and speak out of the other side of my mouth is because of technology in that digital world, I was able to still participate in a lot of the duties. You know, we all were that we're out. Um, but but the school year started. I mean, in a global pandemic, the school year started without anyone in the front office of a high school. And I think that's really unique. Um, the, the other thing... and not to jump ahead, but I don't think I have this as a topic, but like our youngest teachers that were new to the profession, I think they thought, oh, this is kind of what education is. Like, no, this is a once in career, in my career that I've ever been able to do the remote, like students did remote learning and teachers taught from um, their homes. You know, that that's not the norm, you know, even close to the norm or what our expectations would be, you know, moving forward. But uh, so, yeah, so what I learned was just the power of team um, and how the team steps up for you. Um, and it kind of makes you, there's a comfort in that moving forward for me that I, that you know the team is that strong, that you've got that support if, uh, if needed. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to start veering. So I'm going to go, I've got three, okay? And I'm starting with pretty tactical, like <clears throat> digital, in person. Okay. And I'm going to start veering towards like social, emotional. So this, sound like a counselor right now. I, I am. And today, and I just added this one in because I would say this just happened today. And it had not only happened with my own family at home and my daughter going to school, but then with somebody else's kiddo going to school. And mm-hmm. um, when working with students in high school, especially, but I think it's probably important to all ages, ages, timing is so darn important. So we have to have hard conversations with kids, right? We Mm -hmm. have to have hard conversations as parents, as teachers. Sometimes we have to get after kids. That darn infinite campus probably blings you parents at home all the time when there's a zero or an F or a, um, and I talk all about, um, how important it is for like, if you want to text your kid throughout the school day, um, just text them. I love you. (laughs) And then if you have to have the hard conversation, have it later. Um, and that happened again today in my own, I sent my daughter about in tears to school today and other people. And it's just, it just takes a whole, and even as the school counselor, like I want to pull kids and start talking about anything Mm -hmm. in the middle of the day. And I just have to be so darn strategic because they're not only because I don't want to pull them from their learning, but like their ability to continue learning and when these conversations can happen in the space. Right. It, does it make sense what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's like, it is so, it's such a hard balance. Gosh, and it's a hard balance as a parent, as a school counselor, I'm sure as a principal of the timing of the conversations, whether it's about um, grades or passing classes mm-hmm. or tests or if they failed something or... Um, or even if like 
their room's not clean or there's expectations about how we handled the morning or the weekend, having these conversations and when the best time, and it's different from each, each family. Right. Right. But there are definitely poor times for it. Like I notice in myself as a parent, I am a little bit more, um, I won't say agitated, but like not my best version of myself right in the morning before school. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because I've got a little bit of work going through or for whatever reason, that is not my good time to have. And I'm just learning that about myself. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's my, what I'm learning. And you know, and that timing is you need time to talk about it, talk Mm -hmm. it out to discuss. So I remember where this probably started when you when what started between you and I having Mm -hmm. conversations about it was we had students getting texts from their parents during class, and sometimes it was like some butt-chewing things going on. Like, I blame Infinite Campus. They're that, to blame. So The you, notification. You, you and I know that's <laughs> real example that yeah. really happened to multiple students is Infinite Campus blinks or blips a, a grade in there, and a parent receives a, they're signed up for notifications. And the parent right away is scolding the child during class about where is that you said you were talking. You know, and, of course, the parent wants them, the student to be able to have the opportunity to resolve it that day, but probably before they leave school. Mm-hmm. And the student ends up leaving the classroom and in tears and a little embarrassed and those things. And so we were talking about that timing there. Again, you're not, you know, it's one thing about that digital world is, you know, we all had to learn that, you know, via texting, snap or whatever you do, that communicating that way only, you just, you lose because like I, I can sound very aggressive, I think, in some of my texts or emails and those things. I'm, I don't feel that way. It's just I'm, hur- I'm hurried because I'm trying to get to the next task. And we're face-to-face if you had that conversation. You know, they could hear that it's not a big deal. I'm just trying to hurry and get this pushed out to move to the next, you know, check off, check the box and move on. Um, or with a parent in the morning, you know, just to have, you don't have time to sit and talk about it and, and talk it out the way it needs talked out. So everyone yeah. can be heard and we understand we have a plan. So that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, but it, I remember it's always been important, but I just, I really am learning. Yeah. Um, oh, and to be honest, it's taken me eight years of school counselor to kind of figure it out within the school day too yeah. of, you know, um, kids will will come in right away in the morning and right after lunch, mm-hmm. you know, there might be some conflict maybe with friends because yeah. that's, that's where it happened. And so timing throughout the day and to produce our best students as much as we possibly mm-hmm. can, and then to mitigate the things that um, are a little bit out of our control. Yeah. So trying to control, that's what I'm learning. And I learned last year, trying to control those really good windows for those conversations and to talk about the hard things or to talk about the like areas for improvement um while still being sensitive to like the learning environment in their day like how they interact with their friends and how they you know not trying to throw it completely off yeah the the lunch and after lunch that always reminds me that that's always when the stuff hits from the night before. Oh, absolutely. It's usually, yeah. occasionally, I mean, if it's really bad, it'll hit us at eight in the morning, yeah. whatever happened last night. But otherwise it brews in the classroom. And then by the time they talk to some friends, then it's in our offices after lunch. Yeah. And that's usually something from the night before. Again, things we can't control. Parents, truthfully, you can't control some of that too. Oh, when it happens in that online format, it's just trying to find that window to control the window of the conversation. And yeah, yeah it makes sense. That's a good one. So I'm going to go what might sound like a random topic, but one of the things I learned last year is the the true necessity to look at affordability when choosing a college. And 
I'm not talking like it, it comes to me as a principal later, but I'm talking as a parent. I learned this uh, from my kids. So both of my kids went to college to go be whatever and get this degree. Both of them changed their mind before that degree is about over. They go ahead and finish the degree or somewhere in there and they end up, you know, starting basically. It feels like starting over. It's not because all of their generals still count and then they have to get a second degree. So um, not not to get into a lot of family stuff, but this last year was my, my son who just was finishing a degree, wasn't a degree they really wanted to be in. He wanted to kind of switch and go into seek a different degree. And so last year was the first year he got to be in the profession for an entire year, which was a, a high school teacher and coach. Um, and it was a good reminder to me that I just don't, and, it can, and part of why it's on my mind is I just had a conversation with a parent last week about it that's in kind of in the same boat. Their kid is just getting ready to go to college, and they're worried that, gosh, what if they change their mind? And my response was plan on it. They will. They will. <laughs> they will. Yeah. Um, but to allow them to do that, and, and thank goodness, like, I'm sorry, but if you're from Shadron, my kids did not want to stay in their hometown to go to college, and... Both of them ended up, when they did switch degrees, coming back to Shadron so that they could attend Shadron State College, one of the more, or the most probably affordable oh schools. Yeah, has to be yeah. pretty much the most. And without, without a parent truly having the hard conversation about finances, because I'm that old school parent that I'm not going to pay for my kids' college experience. I will save money and help them out while they're in college, but any student loans they incur are going to be their loans, not mine. And so really having to have those conversations before they go to college, while they're in college, um, because they're going to change their mind. But the affordability of the school you're in really needs to come into play. And and the parent I was talking with last week, if you're not sure at all, and the kid's not sure at all what they want to do, the military is just, it's one of those options where you receive specialized training, but yet you... So you get all these vocational skills and this knowledge that you get while getting three meals a day, not having to pay bills, and then um, yeah, a roof over your head. And then when you get to, you know, when you're done, you can make choices and college perhaps can be paid for then. So I just, more and more I see that, and as a parent I experienced it, but I see that some, uh, just the age of an 18-year-old might not be ready for college and might not know. You know, I, I'm an old guy, and I don't know what I'm going to grow up to become still. In my head, that's how I feel and always have felt. But so what's the expectation on an 18-year-old to know that? And so to have those hard discussions about affordability of schools or options after high school, I just think are that much more important now than they probably were 20 years ago. And, and throw in a, a, a disclaimer on kids think they need the four-year college experience when if they yep. don't know – a tech school or a two-year school. We have um, some great two-year schools in Nebraska and Wyoming, even yeah. up in South Dakota, that you could get a specialized skill. I was actually in um, classrooms on Friday, and for anyone who doesn't know, um, every other Friday I'm with the whole senior class, and we call it senior <laughs> seminar, and we were talking about that. Um, and I still, at the beginning of the year, it's really funny, at the beginning of the year I have all the kids tell me they're going to go to California and New York, yeah. and they're really stuck on these places. And and we had a real heart-to-heart discussion of, like, why, why are we so worried about the place? If the next right. step is you feel like you need more skills or an education, let's focus on that first. Mm-hmm. Because you can live in New York the rest of your life or go live in California, but – 
if you don't know why you're going to California or New York right now, you know, if the goal is to get more skills or an education, you can get skills or an education a lot of different places. And for affordable, then you could take those skills and go wherever you mm-hmm. want to. And like right. you said, skills could be military skills. They give you tons of skills. Technology training. Oh, I my mean, gosh. Geez. AmeriCorps, if you yeah. don't want to do military, a whole year of developing skills. Two-year colleges have yeah. amazing skill set. Journeyman. Um, mm-hmm. And then, obviously, four-year school gives you an amazing set of skills, too, if you want to go into teaching, business, medicine. There's law. a whole law set mm-hmm. of, Engineer. of yeah, yep. areas. Um, yeah, and, and it's hard for me. One of the hardest things I have is... Um, will expose kids to more careers and, and help them decide by the time they're 18. And honestly, we do, man. Yeah. We, we do as much yeah. as we possibly can. But the truth of it is, is um, our brains at 17 or 18 just usually need more life experience before we develop yeah. kind of an area of passion of where we want to veer towards. And that's hard. It's a hard. And that's kind of why I'm doing that program, too, that trans. Right. I call it transition to call because it's a transition period. Um, and every kid's at a different spot. Right. You know, something you said there reminds me, if you're talking with your, say, junior or senior, and they're talking about where, you know, about school, if they're talking, if in, in you, if you're talking more about the where, the location, yeah. then We're you're the probably road. not yeah. quite there as far as the why, mm-hmm. why you're going to school or why you're doing what you're proceeding to do after, after college. So yeah. I think if you're having the college talk with your kid and, and you're talking about where you want to go to school, that's probably the wrong front to, to choose. I think it's the, the whys and, and w- what do you want to pursue. And, and just by all means, you're, you're not hurting anything by chasing your interests at that time and then changing your mind sometime later and fall back on that affordability piece. You know, just then choose schools that don't bury you with, with uh, a lot of debt. So, And I think there's debt forgiveness right now just because of the pandemic. And again, that's not on us. That's um, you know, those of you that are out there in college might be getting a little cheaper education than what others yeah. before you had to pay. So that's Absolutely. a good thing. Ooh, I love how you went the college route there too. Yeah, that's kind of sound like the school counselor, didn't Absolutely I? Absolutely. Yeah. You did. Okay. I'm going to get okay. a real counselor on you here. Uh-oh. Um, okay. Th- for the first time in my career, I probably dealt with high school relationships more okay. than I ever have. And here's the funniest thing. Usually the girls like to come to talk to me about relationships. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> and the boys kind of like, no, Mrs. Watson, I'm right. good. I'm cool. Um, this last year, I just I just had a really great mix. Like a, just an amazing mix. And it's probably one of my favorite things. Does that sound nerdy? That it's my, one of my favorite <laughs> things to talk no, about. No, I get it because it's it important. It is a rite of passage, you guys. And yeah. it's like... More than ever, I think what I learned is those relationships are very real. They're very real, and it's a very real mm-hmm. part of life, and it can be so fulfilling, and it can be so heartbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I remember my first love. Um, mm-hmm. So what I learned this last year is that I think as the adults, and, and kid, any kids listening to this, I think you can benefit from this too. Um, it is important to have some boundaries within your family for kids in their relationships. And I'm not going to go where you think I'm going to go with this and boundaries hmm. of like how late you stay out or curfews. Um, I think as adults with our kids' relationships, we have to be a little bit careful to maybe 
you know, it, my daughter's dating Jimmy. Maybe Jimmy doesn't come to every oh, event with us yeah. and ride in the car. Or maybe they don't come on our family vacations with us, yeah. even though I love that kid. And I yeah. want that kid to feel like he's part of my family. Yeah. Um, and where I'm going with that is that w- if these relationships do break up or if yeah. one of them wants to take a different route, there are some connections that are made and some real um heartbreak that happens within families does that make sense what yes. i'm trying to say uh, I, uh, I caught on halfway through those like i know where you're going yeah i just we, lear- we, we I, see it i, I just mean, really learned yeah. the importance of um you know that mm. that sometimes these kids can fall in love with our families yeah, not just absolutely. each other or with their absolutely. with their our children and it, it's important to have boundaries i think it's important to have boundaries for everything like yeah. you talked about college conversations financial like those are setting some like real expectations and boundaries and i think um our kids friendships and our kids relationships like it is appropriate it is still wildly appropriate for us to have boundaries even though we love these kids and we want to include them in our families you know and the interesting part of that it's it's not because of ignorance or anything it's because of these are very loving caring families and they not only do they love and care for their own child, but when their child is dating someone else, it comes from a really good place. I get how it happens. And all of a sudden we're going on family trips and we're taking the boyfriend of the daughter. We're taking the, the girlfriend of our son uh, on weekend excursions or, or whatnot. And that's just one example because I, I, we deal with that occasionally. And, mm-hmm. and then anything, anyways, uh, unfortunately, you know, quite often a high school relationship dissolves and it creates, yeah, it creates a little extra heartache yeah a little extra heartache i think for everyone um in that and i'm not going to give advice on how to deal with that i mean just be aware of it Mm -hmm. and and you know i think as a parent you can clearly uh, probably avoid a little of that but well and i think again i'm old school yeah and (laughs) well but not only and this is just me learning um not only is it probably healthier mm -hmm. for the kids then to make the decisions not based on what the family wants right but it also teaches your kids how to set boundaries yeah right like if you are setting boundaries and i mean you might you don't have to know what these boundaries are going into Mm -hmm. it it's something you can learn (laughs) just like learning at the right times to have these hard conversations i'm learning as a parent that too and then just just talking with your kid and and friends your kids friends or whatnot like gosh you know i thought my boundary was this but now the more i'm Mm -hmm. learning and i think it's gonna be you know sundays you know you don't hang out with your friends all day or you know we're just learning these boundaries and then it you by you setting them it teaches the kiddos that they can set them too right you know they can make sense and i think as adults, that's some of the things that we struggle yeah. with the most is where and how to set boundaries, not mm-hmm. just with our kids, but in our own lives, with work, with, you know, yeah. significant others, with, with everything. So the other thing, I think why it just it comes from a good place and you see why it happens, how it sets up. But the other part, of, at least that's something that the parents can see, because so much of the relationships anymore is online mm-hmm. where you don't as a parent, you're not going to see a lot of what you're daughter is saying to the young man unless you're there you know so I I get kind of how that probably has kind of compounded some of that problem maybe recently too um I don't know but 
Ah, that that's a good one. That's a tough one. That's just yeah. kind of some food for thought as for oh, parents, it is. isn't it? Yeah, it, it's totally. And there's no right or wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's no like it, they come with us once a month to these mm-hmm. things. That has to happen at your house. But um, I just to say it to the internet world that I see the ramifications of when those yeah. relationships break up, and that kid has been going with you every weekend yeah. on every vacation, on it, and how confusing that is mm-hmm. for a 16 year old. Um, and and it's just, we see the ramifications of when that happens. And so I think the boundaries are Mm -hmm. healthy. Um, or for, uh, we see the ramification when a kid wants to get out of a relationship, but they are too scared Mm -hmm. to, because they know their family so much likes taking this other kiddo with them on places. Not only are you the school counselor, but there's so, so often, like I hear the parent in you (laughs) because I I know your, your oldest is only in kindergarten right now, but it causes you to start thinking oh, ahead. Absolutely. You see, you know, we're in a profession where we get to see what school looks like. We get to see what high schoolers are g- go through and, and how we hope that there's support for them around like we get to be support for them. And, and so as a parent, I can hear the parent and you talking very clearly now. So oh, it's a scary world. Yeah. Um, but it makes me think we will. You touched a little bit on social media. We will very quickly. We usually try to in the fall to get ahead of devices, social media, because it changes every yeah. year. And there are some sites that I'll probably share that... Um, you do that yep, well. Yep, that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, yeah. And so, again, we're talking about boundaries, um, monitoring your student's social media, kids, if you need help getting some things off your social media or anything, yeah. um, you can always share that with us. We we have gotten pretty good at that realm um, although as, as adults, we're probably both more towards the disengagement of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because 20, I'm gonna blame 2020 on that again. Right. Um, but anyway, we will probably within the next few weeks, let's do that episode where we hit on, um, social media, um, sites and apps to try to keep off the phone, how we've seen appropriate boundaries set mm-hmm. up with that. I'd be good at dating online. We could talk about that too. We've got a lot yeah. of students that are dating online or making friends online. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll hit that pretty soon. It's just kind of hitting dawning on me as you're saying that, that this is nothing new, but oh. I feel like it's more yeah. and the sites change. They and I, change. I know that's one yeah. thing that parents appreciate when you put that together every year and you talk about a few of the, the newest apps or things that we see or the craze. So. Absolutely. All right. My last topic that I learned last year, and this is going to be, I, I don't I, I don't want to come across whiny on this one, but I clearly, clearly observe this is just how hard this profession is. Mm-hmm. And just excuse me here for a little bit. I'm really not talking about myself right now. And, and it was difficult for me too the last year with the, with the pandemic. But I'm talking, I get to supervise and observe teachers in this field and just how difficult it is. And it felt like because of the digital thing, maybe that we went through in 2020, that parents have more access to teachers and to coaches than, than ever before, right? Um, I observed a, a young coach who, not knowing anybody, was just giving out his personal cell number to parents. And I'm like, why? You know, nowhere in the beginning of my career, number one, we didn't have cell phones. So I I was used to teaching and being a coach without that. But there's so much access that that is just one area. And then what you and I know is these the the social anxieties that students are facing in this pandemic are real. Um, And maybe I think a lot of it might be more than just the pandemic. It might just be society or the 
maybe it's, maybe it's the digital age or I don't know what all um, is creating some of that, but how difficult it is for students, but that means teachers and, and staff in these high schools and it's a K through 12, I can talk all public schools, just how difficult this field is. And last year we, we lost um, a, a few teachers from the profession I'll be honest with you, might have got out of the profession anyway, um, might have went and done something different. Um, but some inside information that I know is like, it's, it's just a tough profession. I think COVID unveiled this, you know, our teachers got to teach from home from nine weeks and they got to see their families and see that there is life outside of how many hours they put into this profession, especially when that teacher's also a coach. And it just became so obvious, and you've lived it as a coach, I've lived it as a coach, that you hate to give it up. You don't want to give up coaching. It's an extension of the classroom. you get got to create connections and relationships with kids. But it is so time-consuming and energy-consuming that when you do get out, it opens the world a little bit like, oh, I, I didn't know there was this other life I can live outside of coaching. And um, it's just... It, it was obvious last year to me and seeing some teachers that left the profession and some others that are, you know, having difficult choices and some that will be retiring, like people that are eligible to retire are leaving this profession who probably would have kept on teaching had it not been for just, you know, the pandemic and different things that stirred up in the last couple of years. So um, that's my eye opener. I don't, it just is what it is as part of what, how I feel about it. Um, it's once in a career, I hope. Um, you know, sometimes I look back on the COVID, the 2020, and it's like, that was kind of interesting. I mean, number one, we we had a record that, thank goodness, kids stayed safe, staff were safe, and we're, we're healthy. Um, we all got through it. Um, our numbers were really down last year as far as the COVID positivity rate co compared to other schools our size uh, or larger or in many smaller. Um, so I know we did well. I know we got through it, and I know the public appreciates us, and I feel like the public actually appreciates appreciates us more, but the profession itself is just, uh, there's this whole social-emotional piece that's now put on the plate that wasn't there for teachers before. I don't recall spending a lot of time on that, that it's, it's real. We have to train teachers on how to um, address a student who expresses suicide ideation. I don't recall my first 20 years in the, in the profession ever having to have that talk, so... Um, that, that's my, what I learned last year. I don't, we, we found some solutions for it and where we can lighten the load, um, for our staff, um, in some areas, like I don't have as many staff meetings now. If we get some free time on an early out Friday, I don't feel obligated anymore that I have to have a staff meeting that I can trust teachers. They need to collaborate with each other. And, and what we found is they've been finding solutions to problems in our building that we probably wouldn't have found had they not just had time to visit together and, and have those communications, just those informal times. So um, I think we've found some things that help, but it's it's just a reminder how it's, it's a difficult field. It is. And we all appreciate that. I mean, what you learned in, in COVID is less meetings. Right. That is very appreciated. Yeah. That is exactly how we should end this podcast is what, it, <laughs> what Mr. Less Mack, meetings. put that on the record for all the people le listening. Yeah. Mr. Mack learned that we can have some le a few less meetings. Yeah. So Less emails too. I, yeah, I know I email right. staff Are you less. writing this down? Yep. I'm writing this down. I'm going <laughs> to record this session and hold you to it on Facebook Live. No, I agree. Um, but I mean, luckily we've got amazing community, good support. It's such a personal profession too. So yeah. like we take everything, I know I'm so guilty of that, like taking everything personally, whether, um, 
it's something little or something big because we care about kids. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely. like the end result. We're, we're lucky to have all the staff we do and, and yeah. keep caring about kids. So, um, yeah, we don't know what we'll hit next on the Cardinal cast. I do really want to hit social media really soon. Sounds good. Um, I want to keep pumping my transition to college event. Yeah. If you like to sign up for that event, junior, seniors, and parents, um, email me at lonnie.watson at shatteredschools.net. I'll get you on the mm-hmm. list. Uh, check out the school blog. You just go to the district website, shatteredschools.org or .net. Over on the right-hand side, you'll see um, the different – each building kind of has its own blog. And so there's information there that I post there that I wouldn't share in other places. Um, if it doesn't answer questions, it might create the questions, and then you can give us a call. And if you, if there's something you'd like us to talk about uh, yeah. that would be very helpful, we are totally willing. Um, Mr. Mac's cell phone number is, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> he said boundaries there. Um, but yeah, email us and we can hit something that you guys want us to talk about. Sounds good. All right. Signing off on our very first Cardinal cast of the year. I hope everyone has a great week.